Welcome to the Thanksgiving special episode of Sports with a Z and a T. I am Bryce Zielinski alongside Taylor Lattimore. We, of course, presented by Godzilla Media, sponsored by Mohawk Honda, Johnstone Supply in Troy, and Saving Face Barbershop up in Saratoga Springs. I guess first and foremost, Taylor, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you too, Bryce. I, uh, I guess, and all, I guess we have, yeah, and all of our listeners, we have some football games that we need to get to. So we're going to make this a little shorter as you guys are headed over to your families or, or traveling or cooking or whatever you may be doing as you're bringing up this episode. We have some college football to talk about. First and foremost, Taylor, that would be the college football playoff rankings that came out on Tuesday. Um, we obviously mm-hmm. had a change. We had a big change, actually, because of Oregon falling to Utah. And uh, this is starting to shape up a little bit. And those Cincinnati truthers are going to be happy. Uh, Georgia, Ohio State, Bama, and then Cincinnati are your top four in this week's college football playoff. Rounded out by Michigan and Notre Dame and Oklahoma State at seven. uh, Baylor, eight. Uh, Ole Miss nine and Oklahoma is 10. Uh, I guess your immediate reaction to Oregon uh, really, I mean, taking themselves out of the conversation, it feels like they are now two loss. You, you look at what's there and we talk about Cincinnati, maybe not being deserving of that spot here. They are though. Number four with one week and conference championships left. Uh, listen, it's like you said, the the Cincinnati Truthers get their happy day. I know I was talking to one of our loyal listeners um, today and yesterday, and he said he completely disagreed with our uh, takes. And he said, you know, if, if Cincinnati wins their games, like you can only win the games that are in front of you. If you win all your games, you deserve to be in. And so now there he is. Still disagree. Happy to be there. Still disagree. I know, but, um, well, I, I guess uh, – I mean, I don't know who you would put in now. Like now that Oregon's well, out. So, so this is kind of how it shapes up, right? And we, we'll go like one through like eight because we still we're still at the point where you have about eight teams that could realistically make the college football playoff. Um, and and we'll, we'll we'll start easy. We'll go to Georgia at number one. Look, I I think at this point, uh, Saturday they played Georgia Tech. They they should absolutely uh, curb stomp them. And then you're going to be facing Bama in the SEC championship game. That is a lock. You're facing Bama in the SEC championship. So if you're Georgia, you have Georgia Tech, don't don't stub your toe, and then you have mm-hmm. Bama. If you go undefeated into that SEC championship game, Georgia, you're good. Like winning the SEC would cement it, obviously. Um, but let's be real. Even if it loses to Alabama, it's, it's probably good. It's hard to imagine the committee dropping Georgia out of the top four if it has been number one through five straight rankings, and it's one losses to a top four team itself, which would be Alabama. Um, I I just don't see them being left out. Then you go to Ohio State, and there's obviously a very uh, pivotal, pivotal game this weekend out in Michigan and Ann Arbor Arbor as Ohio State faces uh, Michigan. Uh, So has Michigan ever beat Ohio State with uh, Urban Meyer or not Urban Meyer? Um, uh, Harbaugh, Harbaugh, no, yeah. Harbaugh is over against Ohio State. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, if that, you know, it's been the one thing, the biggest criticism against him is like, you know, he's had his ups and downs and then he was coming, it, they brought him in to, you know, hopefully push Michigan over the edge and, and beat Ohio State and it just hasn't happened yet. So. so, so you look at the winner of that game, will clinch the Big Ten East division and they'll face either Wisconsin, Minnesota or Iowa. All three of those teams can still go to the Big Ten Championship out of the Big Ten West. 
Uh, the most likely scenario is Wisconsin, which if they win against Minnesota, they would move on to the Big Ten Championship. Ohio State went out, and there isn't much uh, really dispute there. Um, although if they stub their toe and don't beat Michigan, they have no conference title, they could be on the outside looking in. That could happen either with a loss to Michigan or even if they lose in the Big Ten Championship game. I doubt either will happen. I think Ohio State's mm. really starting to prove, especially what Same. they did to Michigan State. Um, I mean, back-to-back weeks of ranked opponents, I mean, absolutely obliterating them. I told you guys that game was not going to be close. Ohio I State mean, absolutely smacked them. Ever since they lost to Oregon, and even that They've was been a on a warpath. But they've, they've been they, on a warpath. They've, they've looked fine, like, ever since then. And then you look at Bama, and – this is where it gets tricky, right? Like, so you play Auburn. I would think they beat Auburn. And then you have Georgia in the SEC championship game. You win the SEC, you're in, as I talked about with Georgia. Alabama already clinched a spot in the conference championship game. They play uh, Georgia. We already discussed that. But a two-loss tie team that beats the number one team in the country to win the league is in. A two-loss Bama team that doesn't win the SEC is a great debate. Bama would have to lose a close game to Georgia in that scenario. The committee would have to deem Alabama unequivocally one of the four best teams in the country, and it would be measured in exactly the same way as a one-loss Notre Dame because they wouldn't have a conference championship. So this is yeah. where it gets tricky, right? A loss to Auburn. Oops, excuse me. A loss on sa- a loss <laughs> on Saturday against Auburn would probably do it for them. If Alabama doesn't beat Auburn, they would absolutely have to win the SEC to finish in the top four, which would be tough if they struggle against Auburn. Then you have Cincinnati. This is the conversation, right? They might back themselves into the top four. Friday at East Carolina. Are you freaking kidding me? I like it's almost embarrassing to talk about Cincinnati in the light of the college football playoff compared to the other teams that are around here. You look at Cincinnati, uh, East Carolina on Friday, then they would play Houston, the American Athletic Conference championship game. Uh, you win out and hope nothing changes. Cincinnati is two wins away from a historic season. There's no doubt about it, but is it going to be enough to get into the playoff? Mm-hmm. Uh, Beyond the obvious loss, Cincinnati also has to worry about getting jumped by Oklahoma State on Selection Day. And the reason I say that is that's a one-loss Power 5 conference team that would have the Big 12 championship. Oklahoma State has much more greater opportunities to impress the committee and possibly jump not only Notre Dame, but Cincinnati. And hear me out, Taylor. While Cincinnati won their season against, like I said, ECU, which, I mean, are you kidding me? Come on now. Number 24, Houston. Oklahoma State will have a chance to beat two top 10 teams the next two weeks. This week against Oklahoma and probably Baylor in the Big 12 title game. So I throw this to you. Oklahoma State wins out. Hey, guess what? They're jumping Cincinnati, in my opinion. So in my head, my scenario, right? Georgia wins the SEC championship. Cincinnati, say they went out just for sakes. Ohio State wins the Big Ten Championship. Oklahoma State wins, and Notre Dame wins out. I'm taking Michigan out of the equation because I think they're going to lose to Ohio State, even though they're at five right now. But if they go and win the Big mm-hmm. Ten, this throws everybody a loop. Notre Dame plays Stanford. I'm sorry. I'm taking Notre Dame, and I'm taking Oklahoma State before I see Cincinnati in. Now, I know that's not going to be the common opinion, but the committee has been reluctant to put Cincinnati in the college football playoff because, A, they haven't looked good against really bad teams. 
and B, they're in a terrible conference. And really, they're big-time, non-conference, Power 5 opponents ha- aren't, aren't really that good anymore. Who they Opponent. Beat. Opponent, <laughs> I should say. Or- Really, just Notre Dame because by the time they played right. SMU, SMU wasn't even ranked. Was or and were Notre, they ranked like twenty fifth? And Notre Dame's been better lately. I'm sorry, I'm not putting Cincinnati in, especially if Oklahoma See, State wins out. But Notre Dame being at six does help Cincinnati as the the one really good win they can hang their hat on. Um, but also, I mean, if they put them there now then I just don't see how they take them out if they don't lose. If, like, if they don't lose, they're going to be in at four, I would think, because even because why would not why would they not just put Oklahoma State in, say, now, if they thought that because, be, Oklahoma State should be in at the end of the year with because a, these rankings have to Because these rankings have to consider what the resumes are to date, which don't include conference championships. I consider it well, big Cincinnati's going to have a conference championship. It's just going to be, it's not a good you know, one. The Mac conference That's championship. So I'm taking the big 12 conference champion. I'm taking the sec champion and I'm taking the big 10 champion. So those are three. And then I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, <laughs> I think though, I, I hope, I hope Cincinnati just for the sake of, this argument just loses. I hope they lose because they would be, they're going to play Georgia obviously. because they're going to play Georgia. They're going to play Georgia. Yeah. I, in my opinion, would rather see a two loss Alabama in there before I see Cincinnati or I see Notre Dame because either I mean, way, it's going to be a 60 point loss to Georgia. I would love, I, I mean, I'm okay with it staying just the way it is just so that everyone who, who loves Cincinnati can just watch as Cincinnati gets destroyed by Georgia. I mean, um, most teams would probably get destroyed by Georgia anyway. And that was also uh, our listeners uh, argument as he, he was just like, well, I mean, you can't really say that, you know, they shouldn't be in there because they would get destroyed by Georgia because I believe, and he believes and most people believe that anyone in there would probably get destroyed by Georgia, except for maybe, you know, like an Alabama or, or an Ohio state, but that's why they're ranked two and three. And so if everyone wins out and then Alabama obviously loses to Georgia in the, the SEC championship game, I still like Alabama to be in there because I still think that the committee came, like when it comes down to it, it's the best four teams. And I don't know how you can say that Georgia and Alabama aren't part of those four best teams. And then you have Ohio State or whoever wins the Big Ten. I assume it's going to be Ohio State. And then that last spot, it's like – but like Cincinnati doesn't, if they don't lose, they don't lose. But then you get into the same kind of argument that like, I don't remember which year it was. It was recently where it was like UCF or whatever went undefeated and they made a big stink about how they weren't able to play in the, 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 the Oh yeah. And they deem themselves yeah. the, their own national champions. Yes. Yeah. Freak. Yes. Because they were, cause they were undefeated and it's, it's like, uh, well, at some point you, like on paper, it, who do I take Cincinnati over like, you know, an Oklahoma state or a, a Notre Dame. I mean, I guess a Notre Dame is a little bit of an easier matchup. All, because they did actually beat them, but all I will say is a Cincinnati team out of the American athletic conference that struggles against the likes of Tulsa is not one of the top four teams unequivocally in the nation there. They wouldn't beat a Michigan. They wouldn't beat an Alabama. They wouldn't beat an Ohio State. 
and they sure as hell would not beat a Georgia. I cannot sit here with a good conscience, sit here and say, if I'm on the committee, yep, they're one of the four best teams. Now, would this conversation be completely irrelevant if the college football playoff was expanded? Yeah, absolutely. The Power Five conferences and at-large bids, Cincinnati would find themselves in then. Um, but as of right now, look, I mean, great. You've had a great season, but find yourselves in a bigger conference. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, that's kind of how I roll too. Um, where it's just like you can't just come down to like, do you win all your games? Like, sure, but there's a, definitely teams down lower in the rankings, uh, like 22nd ranked UTSA. I don't even know what. Yeah, that what is. the hell is that all about? But it, they're 11 and 0. So should they be? But they're in the but, college championship. But, but but they're 22nd in the nation. And that's the point. Like. I it's know, just... but that's what I mean is like, is like, is like this love for Cincinnati. I mean, because I mean, you know, the one win they have against Notre Dame, that's the only win they can hang their hat on. All I'm going to say is careful what, what you wish with. for. Careful what you wish for. If you want Cincinnati in the college football playoff, obviously this is a big, big week in uh, when it comes to the ramifications of the college football playoff, you have, um, well, first off you have, Bama and Auburn, you have Georgia's not Georgia's not losing, so don't <laughs> sorry. Yeah, you have Ohio State and Michigan. Georgia's thirty-five point favorites, by the way. Ohio State at Michigan, which is the game of the week, no question, because the winner is in the driving seat to win the Big Ten. Uh, yeah. was, last last week, remember we were talking about the spread? They were fifty-four points on, on Georgia. But... They covered, wasn't it? Like fifty-nine. Oh, yeah. Of, yeah, yeah, it was something. It was, bad. It was, it was bad. bad. Yep. <laughs> That's okay. And Cincinnati, Cincinnati so actually, plays no, seven Oh, interesting. <laughs> Cincinnati plays East Carolina, which who is seven and four. And of course you have, <clears throat> I believe, well, it doesn't really matter. Oregon, Oregon state, uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma state. That is obviously the other big game because Oklahoma state is probably in the driver's seat to win the big 12 if they handle their business. And then Notre Dame plays three and eight Stanford. So they should be able to handle their business and they need to do it in impressive fashion. If they want to leave a last good impression on the committee, because they are not in a conference, thus no conference mm -hmm. championship for them. I did want to tackle because Obviously, there it, it's been a big controversy, and I know some people don't understand why. And Taylor, I'm sure you might be one of them, and I'm willing to explain if if need be. Um, James Franklin just got a massive, massive years, extension, right? ten year, eighty four million dollar extension to remain the head coach of the Penn State Nittany Lions. And of course, it's not been a great year for Penn State. Obviously, it started off great. Um, injuries happened. Um, they got into a little bit of coal slump and they find themselves seven and four headed to Michigan State looking for an eight and four regular season finish. Not exactly what you want for this program, but uh, really why uh, Penn State did this is because A, LSU and USC were lining up to get him. Florida just fired Dan Mullen. They were now becoming interested in James Franklin. And I, and I raised to the people that want James Franklin fired or gone. If not him, then who? 
who else is going to bring in year after year top five recruiting classes? Because if you look at the next recruiting classes the next couple of years, next year they have the number three recruiting class, including the top quarterback prospect in the entire country. The next couple of years after that, they're shaping up a more top five recruiting classes. They have never been blown out by Michigan. They've never been blown out by Ohio State. They've always been competitive. They have a Big Ten championship under him. You are allowed down years. And for a person that came to a program and turned it around the way he did, you got to remember where Penn State was when James Franklin took over the head coaching job at Penn State. It was a very, very dark and nasty place because I was there. It was not Mm -hmm. good. Um, This was a team that was sanctioned. It was a team that wasn't bowl eligible. They weren't going anywhere. They had limited scholarships and they, they just, they they weren't a good football team because they didn't have enough scholarships to fill it. And nobody wanted to come and not play in bowl games. He turned this thing around. They are in the conversation every single year. Yes. Are they looking up at Ohio state? Absolutely. But outside of this year, they've been better than Michigan. They've been consistently outside of this year, top 10 in the country. They've been in three new year, six bowls. The last four years, last year doesn't count because, duh, pandemic. Mm -hmm. And they've been, they have a Big Ten championship. So I raised to the people that wanted him gone. If not James, then who? I think it's a move that the board of trustees decide they had to do. They're committing money to the program for the training facilities, giving him more resources to recruit, um, more resources for his staff, for his players. Uh, This is definitely a university that has the backing of James Franklin, and I understand the frustration, but you also have to understand the alternative, which is probably not always greener than you expect. Um, I'm I'm overall uh, comforted by the fact that James Franklin is staying at Penn State. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, it's definitely good to get stability. Um, I think that that's important within a program and you're right. I mean, he definitely is getting the recruits. I mean, that the number one quarterback recruit. Next yeah. Year, Sam, that, Sam Aller is supposed like, to be a stud. That's big. And so you want that kind of, um, that kind of stability, especially because it, it is, it's a process, uh, like college football more than say the NFL, like the NFL, you can turn around a program like that. Like you can go from last to best with you a couple draft couple... picks and free agent acquisitions and you're golden. Yep. and you're golden. And so when it comes to college football, if you're not one of those top teams like Alabama, who's going to get like, you know, top prospects or NFL bound every single year, you need time to develop time to recruit to bring in the classes you want to build the team you want and so it takes a lot of time for all this to come you know to fruition so giving him 10 years is a good way to one you you get rid of those rumors you nix the rumors that he's going to leave go to lsu which which affects him affects the team affects the coaching staff and affects well, think about the fan base well, well we'll think about the coaching staff that will probably not be retained by the new head coach think about Mm -hmm. the recruits that are going to flip because they didn't commit to see a new head coach come in Uh think about the people that are going to jump to the transfer portal think about the questions surrounding penn state for god knows how long who are you going to find to come to penn state 
Meanwhile, Franklin goes to another school and has a lot of success. I mean, he he is one of the best recruiters out there. Does some of his in-game decisions um, leave you scratching your head? Yeah, but I think a, a lot of coaches do that. I mean, I mean, not everybody's going to be Nick Saban. You can't be – you look at the programs now. Like, Georgia's always been good, but they're a prime example. Like, it took time. But now they're one of the top teams in the entire country and one of the more dominating teams out there. It takes time to build a program. And coming from where Penn State was, it takes a special person to have been willing to take on that risk to start to try to get them on the right track again. He did. He had a big he has a conference championship under his belt, which by the way, something Jim Harbaugh to this date has not done at Michigan. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things that I think people overreact there's a lot of uh people that you know as soon as shit hits the fan one year uh you automatically want to fire the guy um and that's not really how things work especially in college football um i'll just say this i do know the culture at penn state they want stability you got to remember joe paterno was there for 409 wins There were some seasons Joe Paterno did not have good football teams. It happens. Recruits don't pan out. Injuries happen. Instances happen. You know, Penn State lost an eye. Really, that season changed when Sean Clifford gets hurt in the middle of an Iowa game, and you have to throw in a backup that's never played before, and you lose in the last minutes of the game. And that changed the entire course of that entire season, I I think. And I'm not making excuses for the other three losses, but that does a lot to a team's psyche and a team's chemistry and, and just the mo, you know, the momentum that you have going into the meat of your conference schedule. So I'm just going to I just want to mention that I, I just I, it bothered me that a lot of people were bashing Penn State for making the move and and questioning why they did it. That's a little bit of, I guess, the more logical reasoning of why they could have done it. Um, but it, it it's frustrating to see because, like, like I said, if you let go of James Franklin or let him go to USC or LSU, who are you bringing in? Dan Mullen, who couldn't fix Florida? Like, I, I don't – like, who else are you bringing in? You, you don't know. You don't know, and at least you know what you're getting, and that's top recruiting classes, better than a lot of the SEC, better than Ohio State next year, by the way. They have a better recruiting uh-huh. class than Ohio State. So I'm just saying, trust, trust the process. Trust the process. Um, but I just want to throw that out there. Uh, let's go before we go to the NFL. And I did mention that today is Thanksgiving, which means fall is officially here. And that means changes are coming. Yep. I saw it too. Taylor Alvin Kamara is out tonight. Yeah. Um, fall is officially here. And that means changes are coming to your home. Does your furnace need to be replaced or are you looking for an upgrade for your heating system? Johnstone Supply in Troy can make sure your home is heated properly for this colder weather on the way. A family-owned and operated business, Johnstone Supply in Troy, has been helping upstate New York residents for decades. Visit their store on 6th Avenue in Troy for more information on how they can help you this fall, whether it's finding the proper change for your filters or making sure your home is heated properly for the new weather. Johnstone Supply and Troy staff can help you answer any questions you may have. You just heard Taylor get upset about Alvin Kamara being (laughs) out. Well, our friend Tom from Johnstone Supply is in that fantasy league as well. George and many more of the staff are looking forward to seeing you go and bust on Taylor about his fantasy team with those guys. (laughs) 
at Johnson Supply and Troy. Follow them on Facebook or call them today at 518 272 5922. That is Johnstone Supply and Troy. And I do apologize. I'm like losing my voice during the show. I, I was at the Eagles game on Sunday and mm-hmm. it's been slowly coming back. It's not fully back yet. Um, and then I'm going to the Eagles Giants game this weekend. So whatever I do gain the rest of this week, it's going to be gone again <laughs> on Sunday. So um, I do apologize that my voice is a little raspy. But uh, with that being said, Taylor, it's all for good reason. You and I, our teams, my friend, made statements. We arrived. The Eagles and the Colts (laughs) have arrived, baby. Um, Your Colts (laughs) just absolutely obliterated the Buffalo Bills. And there's a lot of problems up in Buffalo. And then the Eagles uh, absolutely smacked the Saints at home, get their first home win of the year. And all of a sudden, they are riding high, carrying the momentum into a very easy stretch of the schedule moving forward. Uh, let's update you on the standings. Uh, Taylor, you went 10-5 and five last week. I went 11-4, and four, which moves my uh, lead back up to five games. I'm 107 and 58. You are 102 and 63. Oh God. That's a Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> pies, pies, pies. Uh Oh, uh, um, do, do you need to, do you need to take a break? Do you, do I need to mute no. you? No, they got it. They got it. Uh, I'm muting myself too. So, so. <laughs> figured it out. Um, the different, the, the <laughs> Sorry difference for everyone was listening to that. <laughs> The differences was you picked the Saints to beat the Eagles. Shame on you. Yeah, um, so you picked the Bills. I the did Bulls. pick the Bills. That made Shame more sense you. than picking the Saints to beat you. the Eagles. Shame on you. Uh, we both had Tennessee to beat Houston. because yeah, well, that one um, was stupid. We had both Green Bay beating Minnesota. That mm-hmm. didn't happen. Uh, we both had Carol- Carolina beating Washington. That didn't happen. And then the other difference was uh, you had Vegas beating the Bengals in which uh, Cincinnati easily uh, beat the Raiders. I forgot which, which was the one that was the difference that made. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't uh, the greatest game of the, because I knew that you picked the Eagles and I picked the saints, but I also knew that you picked the bills. I know. Yeah. So it was like a push on our teams, but yeah, Cincinnati got me. Bengals got me. I don't know how to. There's a lot of so many teams you can't trust in the NFL these days. I mean, who thought that Tennessee, who's riding so high, was going to lose to the lowly Texans? Like, that's a divisional game that should be an easy win for them. It should be a bye week essentially. Like, if you're that good, if you're if you are the team in the AFC to beat, then you shouldn't be losing to the Texans. So I don't know. I don't. It's hard to understand. Well, let's dive into these games. Obviously, the Thursday night game, the Patriots and the Falcons. That game was. A joke. It, it was horrible. Um, yeah. Patriots shut out the Falcons. Uh, the Niners handled their business against the Jaguars, as we expected. Let's talk about this Colts-Bills game, Taylor. Um, the Ooh. Colts have finally ended their eight-game losing streak against playoff teams from last year. Fun fact, by the way. Um, the Colts looked really good. Now, obviously, I didn't see the game, but I saw the scoreboard, and I couldn't believe it. As you oh, know, I those, saw the game. The, well, I'm sure, I'm sure you did. Um, I mean, the immediate takeaway is Jonathan Taylor had an absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he racked up 100, 185 rushing yards and five touchdowns. Four of them rushing, another re- uh, receiving. It marked the 18th time 
Uh, Taylor, in NFL history, a player scored five touchdowns in a single game. He now leads the NFL with 1,122 rushing yards. And barring any kind of injury, he'll likely remain at the top of the list the rest of the year uh, because the Colts are going to lean on to him. Uh, Sunday's victory over the Bills was the Colts' most impressive win since they won at Kansas City uh, probably way back in 2019. However, bottom line, Taylor, is this is still a Colts team scrapping the barrel to try to get back into the playoff hunt. Yeah, and they I mean they have one job and one job only, and that's just keep doing what they're doing and keep winning. Um, leaning on Jonathan Taylor, he I mean, I'm not gonna say he's the front runner for MVP because you know it's super hard for Andy it's gonna be tough this back. year. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard for any running back to win it. But I will say that I think most it's been said many, many times that there's not really a quarterback that's particularly running away from it with it because there's been quarterbacks that miss time. I mean, you know, no one's having a outstanding season when it comes to quarterbacks. Um, and you know, they've had their struggles every Tom Brady's had his struggles. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has missed time uh, due to his own fault with COVID and whatever else, not being vaccinated and everything else that goes with it. And Kyler Murray's missed time and Lamar Jackson's had some dud games. So it's, it's hard to say that he's a lock for it or that he's even in the driver's seat for it, but I think he's in the conversation at least. And they finally did what I've been telling them to do for weeks and weeks and weeks, which is just like, just run the damn ball. Like just keep running it. Like it, it works. It, like Jonathan Taylor, if he's averaging six yards a carry, just keep giving him the damn ball. And they finally did. They got him up to 32 carries. That's the most carries he's had all year, I believe. Um, plus the touches with the, the, the throws in the receiving game. And the man is just a monster. Like you pair, pair him with probably the best rushing offensive line in the game, if not just generally the best offensive line in the game, who is finally healthy and looking good. I mean, everyone on it is is doing good. We're even we got Glowinski on the right side, who's we got uh, Chris Reed, who's coming in and 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 making a statement for himself. And even he's part of this this offensive line. And it's just like they dominate the point of attack, and then you have. Taylor running behind him who's patient yet explosive and it can break tackles and it all just culminates in this which like it, it it's not even like he had this weird game where he he's he come out and he had 185 and it's like oh that's that's not normal for him like he's up over 100 almost every game now and every game that is up over 100 they're winning so it's it's like you have the formula and it's a, a formula that works and it's really going to be uh, a big test this next week because they are playing the Buccaneers who have one of the best, if not the best <laughs> rushing defense in the league. So if he does it, if he can do it against the Buccaneers, then watch out because yeah. no team can stop him. I mean, the Buffalo Bills were the number one rated defense coming into that game and they just got torched. Yeah, we were, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll get to the Colts Buccaneers game here in a bit when we break down week 12, but Looking at the AFC, and, and we'll look at the NFC here in a little bit as well, but the uh, the AFC playoff picture, I mean, it, it is tight on the back end. Um, Titans, Ravens, Pay- I'm, well, the Titans are 8-3, Ravens 7-3, Pats are 7-4, Chiefs are 7-4. Those are your division leaders as of now. Then you look at the three wildcard spots. That's held by Cincinnati at 6-4, the Chargers at 6-4, and, and the Bills at 6-4. The Bills have the seventh and final wildcard spot to date right now. 
Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers have the tiebreaker with Indianapolis based on the tie, believe it or not. Pittsburgh is 5-4-1. and one. And then the Indianapolis Colts, because they have the extra loss at 6-5, and five, are 9. And then the Browns are 6-5. and five. You have Vegas and Denver at 5-5 five and five there as well. So this is a really, really tight um, AFC playoff picture right now. Uh, the Colts' schedule is not kind moving forward but no, uh not. So but <laughs> uh but they uh but they are certainly in the conversation as of now and i mean on the other side of it the bills i mean there are a lot of problems right now one the offense looks broken like look the titan the excuse me the colts defense is good but it ain't i mean it ain't that good um, that the Bills shouldn't have been able to at least put up a little bit more than what they did. And then, like you said, that defense, who is supposed to be uh, one of the better defenses in all of football, looked completely lost and, and did not know what to do to Jonathan Taylor. I mean, really, Carson Wentz wasn't asked to do anything because Jonathan Taylor did it all. Now, what, what Carson Wentz did was enough. Um, he did I, nothing. I know you, I know did you didn't watch the Hey, he had a touchdown. did nothing. To t- Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> but um, he did enough. I mean, there was at least one third down where I don't know if you saw the highlight because I know you didn't watch the game, but uh, where he did one of his patented uh, Carson Wentz escape from an absolute sack where literally there's two guys on him and he just like ducks underneath both of them is reminiscent of uh, the Monday night football, yeah, where uh, he literally like was yeah. like you know in the pocket you couldn't see him and then boop, he pops out and was like, that that was, game. That was that, it was, that game. Yeah, it was great. It was reminiscent of that. And that was on third, third and 10, I believe. And he got the first down. So like, it's just a little things like that's all he ne- needs to do is like, I've never wanted him to be, you know, Peyton Manning out there. Like I want yes, him to hit the ball. Yes, you do. I, I mean, I would be great if he was, <laughs> I want all I need him to do. All I need him to do is not turn the ball over and give the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Like that's his job. And then if we have a long third down where we need to get a, 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 a first down through the air, um, or sprinkle in some play action here and there because if you just keep hitting that run and then you can hit him with the play action, that's how this team wins. That's the offense. That's that's the thing. And it, until a team can prove that they can beat Jonathan Taylor, I don't see why you should turn away from that. The Dolphins uh, beat the Jets. There's not really much to say about that. Uh, Washington spoiled Cam Newton's party at home. Uh they're hanging in there with Taylor Heineke, but I just feel like once they play the Cowboys and the Eagles here the next couple weeks, that that will quickly fade for Washington, Carolina. Handing on to the playoff picture as of now as well. The Bears look absolutely woeful against the Ravens. Um, that started Tyler Huntley because Lamar Jackson was out uh, due to a non-COVID illness. Um, so when Tyler Huntley is beating you, you know, things are wrong. Um, it's been a really, really nasty week for Matt Nagy. They're saying that he might be fired after today's game against the Lions, which first and foremost, if you're not up and ready for a noon Lions Bears game, Taylor, you ain't living. That ain't American enough for me. I'm sorry. Andy Dalton first versus Jared Goff against the 9 and one Detroit Lions. Oh, <laughs> What's better than that? What is better than that? I'm not sure there's anything better than that against the three and seven bears. Yeah, no, I mean, this is just the bears need Justin Fields and they need him in a bad way. Um, Well, they, well, they need him to be in a 
they need him to be coached properly. Um, uh, Matt Nagy. The Bulls like, game. The Bulls a, game. They were they were chanting fire, 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 fire Nagy. Nagy. Because it has been incompetence, and it's not a coincidence to me that Fields' best game this year was when Nagy had COVID and wasn't on the sideline and wasn't calling plays. It's not a coincidence. Um, Something's broken in Chicago, and I cannot believe he's still the head coach um, as we record of the Chicago Bears. But I mean, it it really doesn't help that that Fields got hurt in that game and they had to play with Andy Andy Dalton. Like, not that I just just so much better, right? No, but I think that they would have at least been able to maybe beat you know the what what was it what's his name tyler huntley tyler huntley uh, baby led led ravens if if they had had fields the whole game instead of Andy dalton i know dalton might be a better thrower of the football but like fields just gives you all the dynamics and fields won't be playing um today i guess if you're listening to this yeah andy dalton starting yeah so and uh, you know, man, he's not long for this gig. He he's probably going to be fired at the end of this season. Uh, I think. At this oh, point, I think it's this... after today. I think oh, you he think will so? be after. Yes. Oh, you think so? Yes. What if they win today? I, guess I don't the, think it. Well, I, I guess if I guess if well, they lose to the Lions, yeah. if you lose to the Lions, you're you're gone. <laughs> um, which it's is so possible. The Lions have competed. Like, which is possible. Yeah, I mean, the Lions are a bad football team, but they are not giving up. The Bears look true. completely disinterested. So it's kind That's of. True. Two sides of the coin there. Um, The Eagles, baby. Oh, man. Oh, man. Absolutely obliterate. Don't look at the final score of 40 to 29 because it really wasn't that close. Saints got some garbage time at the end. Um, The Eagles have officially arrived, Taylor. And, uh, I mean, the Colts were in the playoff hunt about two weeks before the Eagles, I'd say. They started to carry that momentum. Now the Eagles are here. Uh, with their win over New Orleans, they are now one game out of a playoff. Well, really a half game out of the playoff spot. I will explain it to our listeners now. The Looking at the playoff spot, the Arizona Cardinals are the top seed at 9-2. Packers are 8-3. Yep. Tampa is 7-3. Dallas, who we'll get to in a little bit, lost to Kansas City. So not only is the are the Eagles winning and looking better, Dallas is not looking very good these past couple weeks. They've been up and down, but those are your four top division leaders right now. Then the three wild card spots are the Rams at seven and three, the Vikings at five and five, the Saints at five and five. The Eagles have beaten the Saints, the Niners at five and five, and the Eagles at five and six. Then the Panthers at five and six. The Eagles are right there. The Saints hold that last uh, playoff spot. I can't imagine the Saints are going to. Um, I'd expect them to get crushed tonight by Buffalo. I, I think I kind of just gave away one of my picks uh, for mm-hmm. later. But but the thing is, the Eagles are right in this thing. And the way Jalen Hurts is playing right now, and both sides of the ball really have hit its stride. Uh, the Eagles have rushed for 175-plus yards for four straight games. That's the longest streak since 1950 for the Eagles. They have the second most rushing. I, I, I can't believe I'm talking about the Eagles like this. They have the second most rushing yards in all of football, only yeah. behind the Browns. That yeah. is absolutely bonkers. Well, the Eagles I mean, forced I- three turnovers. Um, they have the second easiest closing schedule in the NFL with tiebreakers over the Saints, Falcons, and Panthers. They're in a good position here to make a charge. I'll definitely say that I'll eat my lumps with the fact that I, I said that they, you know, I thought that the Saints could slow down the rushing attack for the Eagles. They didn't. They still rushed for 242 yards. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that, that, it really just says it for them. The fact that they're doing it so, like, it's such a committee because, I mean, and Miles, Miles Sanders, San- Miles Sanders is back. Now, Hor- Jordan Howard got hurt. So that's a little bit of a stainer, but Sanders looked good. Scott looked good. Let me and tell hurts. you. Let me, yep. That's what I want to get to. I've been very critical of Jalen Hurts. I'll be the first to admit that. And I'm not, I'm still not fully sold on him. But let me tell you something. He (laughs) is on his way to securing this QB job long term. He's making a damn good case for it. Rush for 71 yards, three touchdowns against the top rushing defense in the NFL, capping his day. I don't know if you saw the juke that. Oh, I saw you. Your the the video, video oh that was we, we paid a video editor ten dollars to make yeah it or whatever <laughs> the twenty four yard yeah. touchdown run that put I, I mean let me tell you the link exploded after it he has now three games with multiple rushing touchdowns in the past twenty years Cam is the only other QB to pull that off and with as many as three first round picks in April's draft the ability for Jalen Hurts to solidify himself as not only a quarterback, but potentially a top quarterback in this league, if he can keep building off of this, only sets the Eagles up for a lot more success in the future. The Eagles took their lumps early in the year under Sirianni, but they found their identity. They've been nasty on defense. They're starting to get it right. They're forcing turnovers, and this Eagles offense is running the football, and it's opening up up a whole lot. Devontae Smith is having a heck of a second half of the season. Uh, this is a team, and, and I've heard multiple analysts say this. Uh, Dan Orlovsky on NFL Live has said this. Um, Peter Schrager today on Good Morning Football said it as well. There's not many teams right now that you would rather not play than the Eagles. Uh, I mean, this is a team that is finding themselves at the right time, and they made a good comparison of the 2012 Seahawks with this Eagles team, which I would love that comparison. I would be all for it, and I'm not willing to say we're going to go that far, but I love the comparisons, and they are playing with that kind of attitude. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of people say that the Colts are up there too. There's just two teams yeah, that are no, starting yeah. right now. Yeah. They're finding well, that's their why, identity. That's why if, if you're watching YouTube, that's why the title says Bryson Taylor's teams have arrived, baby. Yeah, exactly. And so like and they're both doing it through the rush, which is I, I just think pure football. Like I love I love that. Like I love that my team is a rushing team. And I think I, I love it for you that your team is a rushing team. Because that's like that's just the old school hard knocks football. Just well when just, you watch when you get these long drives going and the offensive line clearly gets that confidence and they're bullying a defensive and, – and I I mean, it's the same thing for you because the Colts played the Bills. I mean, the Eagles were going in and they were talking strength versus strength. The Eagles are rushing the ball well and the Saints are the best rush defense in all of football. The Eagles' yep. offensive line – was manhandling that defensive line and they were getting chunk plays and the longer the drives got the more they kept moving down the field the louder and the more buzz went around that stadium it was just all around joy to watch and i'm sure watching jonathan taylor run for five touchdowns and you know oh yeah five billion yards was just as enjoyable because they were giving it to him so often that it's just like you know, like you turn around and, and and Carson's like, oh, handing off to Jonathan Taylor. And you're like, all right, here you go. How many yards is he going to get? Is it going to be two or is it going to be 80? Like, And that's that's that. that's the impressive yeah. thing because the, the Colts and the Eagles are kind of doing it in different schemes. Like you're not running RPOs with Carson Wentz. You're just not. Mm-hmm. That's not the quarterback. That I mean, there, no, there are design read options. 
but you're just running it up with Jonathan Taylor. But you, these yeah. linebackers, if you watch defenses and the way they have to defend the Eagles right now, you don't know what they're – I mean, the linebackers don't know what to do because you don't know what Jalen Hurts is going to do. Clearly, he can make plays in the open field. He just made Marcus Davenport, I, I mean, need ankle surgery this week uh, because, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it was that unbelievable of a cut. But then you have Miles Sanders and you have the playmakers. It's just so fun to watch. This is what we've like been really like. reminiscent of like um... – of like the Ravens, especially like yes. last year where yes. like, like you're running and it doesn't matter who's in the backfield. It could be Howard. It could be Sanders. It could be Scott. And it maybe none of them will run and Hertz will run. I mean, Hertz carried more than all of them, all the rest of them. He had 18 carries. Yep. Like he, yep. he led the team in carries um, and he had three touchdowns. So it's, it's like, he is the new breed of quarterback. He is, he is the Lamar Jackson type. He is like, mm-hmm. you know, like just just the run run heavy can throw it might throw it might run might hand it off and it just makes for an offense that's so dynamic it's so hard to defend like how 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 can you defend it when you don't know if it's coming from you know the running back you don't know if it's coming from the quarterback you don't know if the quarterback's gonna fake it and then throw it over the top of your head it's just it, it makes it very very difficult to to play defense against a team like this taylor Lamar Jackson's first 15 career starts, 4,120 yards of total offense, 26 touchdowns, 12 turnovers, 213 first downs. Jalen Ertz, 4,115 yards of total offense, 29 touchdowns, 11 turnovers, and 209 first downs. I'm not saying he's turning into Lamar Jackson, but he's turning into Lamar Jackson. I mean, yeah, he's in that vein and like they've leaned into it. And so like I get like Lamar Jackson kind of opened up that kind of where you can like literally like you're running your quarterback can be your best running back. And that's yes. kind of how it how it has been for Hertz and how it's been for Lamar. There's so many other games I would love to talk to, but we can kind of tackle those teams when we do our predictions. And I know it's Thanksgiving, so everybody has a lot on their plate. Get it? See what I did there? See, 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 what, see what I did there? You're so funny. <laughs> I fucking hate you. I really do. Um, <laughs> the current supply and demand challenges within the auto industry makes this a perfect time for you to get a top dollar for your vehicle. And right now, Mohawk Honda, you could take advantage of the Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer and they will put cash in your hand for your vehicle the same day you come in, even if you don't buy from them. That's a pretty sweet deal, especially for all those recent college grads or students in need of a new ride or some extra cash. Mohawk Honda has consistently kept their lots fully stocked with hundreds of pre-owned vehicles. Their large inventory makes shopping fun as you browse through the many makes and models to choose from. And you can also check out their full selection online. If you cannot go in or you want to do your research before, that's a good tool to use. Stop in and say hi to Greg Johnson, the assistant general manager, or Jake Hot Sauce Doyle, Louie, the VIP man Morales, or one of the many other helpful sales consultants there at Mohawk Honda. There is a vast selection of Honda certified pre-owned vehicles, so now is the time to take advantage of the Kelly Blue Book instant cash offer. Mohawk Honda in Glenville, where they always go out of their way to please you. Taylor, let's get to these games before they start, because obviously we have a 12:30 kick between the Lions, or I believe 12, I should say, between the Lions and the 1230. Lions and the Bears. Uh, so let, let's let's get right to it. 
Lions and the Bears. Uh, uh, Andy Dalton starting. The Lions are awful. Um, Lions are in a bad place right now. Uh, this one's look. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna go out and say I'm giving Detroit the first win of the year on Thanksgiving. Give it to me. Ooh, that's rough. Cause like, yeah, I could definitely see it happening. Cause the Bears are just in a, such a lowly place. They're such. Um, they're in such a dark place. Like if Fields was playing, I'd almost still pick the Bears. But Fields I, not playing. I think Allen Robinson is out as well. He's still doubtful. Got Nagy. Okay, yeah, but uh, that basically means out at this point. Yeah, like, doubtful. I, I, I mean, as the never time of recording, we don't we don't have him out yet, but he's probably out. Yeah, yet. but like, but doubtful almost never turns into playing. Um, nope, or else he'd just be questionable. Um, but I hate that they don't have probable. I I, I liked when they had probable as a designation. I know I hate questionable. It, there's just such a negative like perception on the questionable tag like yeah because what happened because you never know like you because they almost never do doubtful so it's always like everyone's just questionable and it's like i don't i don't know how questionable is he really yeah like camara like he's already ruled out obviously because it's a thursday game but he was questionable and it's like okay well i guess he's just out then maybe he should have just been doubtful um but bears lions i'm gonna stick with the bears though because the lions are so bad and they haven't won a game and it probably will come bite me in the ass because you're they're gonna get their first win against the lowly bears on a thursday you know thanksgiving noonday game but i'm still gonna pick the bears i just can't pick the lions i can't bring myself to do it yeah i mean i feel good about it i, I like I'm going to do a little parlay here in a little bit, and uh, I'll give you my picks of who I'm going to do my parlay with. Uh, Let's go the 430 game, which is Raiders at Jerry World to face the Cowboys. Look, the Cowboys aren't playing very well, and neither are the Raiders, really. I think reality's finally gotten back to them, Uh, and Dallas is a much better team. Um, They didn't look good against the Chiefs. Uh, they might not, we don't know yet, but it's sounding like they will not have Amari Cooper and they won't have CD lamb. So if they have Michael Gallup and only Michael Gallup with Cedric Wilson, if they have to run the ball with Zeke, I think it's still enough. I hate to say it. I think it's still enough though. Dallas is going to win. These are hard games. These are tough. Just cause with, with missing all those weapons, it really hurt them against the Chiefs. It really and, did. I mean, yes, it did. The Chiefs. And we, uh, the, Chiefs the short week's going to hurt better, them. But... The short week's going to hurt them again. That's why we're not sure if Cooper and or Lamb are going to really be able to go here. Yeah, and and that that that's hurting them a lot. And I mean, if you look at the Raiders, I mean, they only put up 13 points against the the Bengals and then 14 the week before against the Chiefs and then 16 the week before to the Giants. So, I mean, if we look at it like that, I I can't see myself picking against the Cowboys, even with them being banged up. Just the Raiders haven't been able to even put up points against the Giants, against the Chiefs, and then uh, the Bengals. I mean, what what can you say? The Raiders seem like they're really on a, a slide right now. Um, yeah, I wish we played them when they were on the slide, not when they were feeling themselves. Yeah, I know. Like right before that, like they went yeah. on to lose these three games and only put up 16 points as the top score uh, after their 33 to 22 against the Eagles. But I'm going to pick the Cowboys because they're going to be able to do enough. The trifecta of the night, Taylor, would be uh, Buffalo and New Orleans. Look, New Orleans. 
the expectation is Taysom Hill's going to start. Obviously, just got inked to that brand new extension. It might be time to unlock Taysom Hill. Um, they've been pretty mum about this so far. Um, Simeon, you kind of know what he is, and it, it's been ugly the past couple weeks. Um, got really ugly in Philly, and I don't think Buffalo – look, Buffalo's not as bad as they showed against Indianapolis. They're pissed off. They need to maintain, um, you know, the, the wild card – traction here uh just to make the playoffs which is kind of hard to believe some people thought the bills were the team to beat in the afc this year i'm gonna go bills though no camara Taysom hill starting saints aren't really looking that good not playing that good of a football uh football game lately um yeah i'm going buffalo yeah i'm also gonna go buffalo uh i do think that the the bills um if they want to stay in the playoff picture they need um they're hanging on to that last seed and that's not where they want to be at all um especially with the colts right on their heels because the colts are going to have the tiebreaker over them i would assume mm-hmm. just, just beat them so they need to try to put distance on them if they think the colts are going to lose but either way they're going to win this game because the saints are banged up Kamara out again hurting his team hurting my fantasy team so badly I've been no, able to no. win without him. I ha- like. Me I too. Have, I, Me I've too. Okay. I've been okay without him, but like, if I had him, it would feel so much better. Um, Just but, imagine how good it's gonna be when he's back, baby. That's what I mean. And I'm <laughs> fighting for my life out here, fighting for a playoff spot in this uh, this one paid league. Um, where at the the so there's the top of my division who's like seven and three or something, seven mm-hmm. four, um, and then the rest he might be eight. He might be eight and three. And then the other division, six and four, 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 six and four. They might have gotten seven of four because they just they all just won. But all of them are going to make the division. Like all of them are going to make the playoffs. Like the entire division basically is making the playoffs. And I'm sitting here as the second best team in the like the other division, and I can't crack in. And I'm just like, just throw me a bone. Somebody lose. I don't even know how it's possible for all these teams to have the same record. Um, but yeah, so that's my situation, and I would love to have Kamara, but I don't. Neither do the Saints. They're gonna lose to the Bills. You need to. You need to be in the uh, AFC West. Then you'd be. Then you'd be in uh, the driver's seat. Yeah. Uh, let's hey, Let's go to the first game of the Sunday slate, which would be the defending Super Bowl champions coming off an impressive win against the Giants, albeit the Giants. Uh, down to going into Indy against your Colts. Obviously, the Colts feeling themselves a bit. I have a feeling. I have a feeling you're going with the upset on this one. Just a hunch. (laughs) You'd be right. Um, I can't not pick them at this point. Like, they're on a tear right now. Jonathan Taylor is doing his thing. Um, If ever there was a team that could maybe slow him down, it would probably be the Buccaneers. Um, But then there's the the opposite side of the coin is, like, if they can't slow him down, then – it's over for them. Like if you can't slow him down, it's over. Um, I'm going to make a common sense pick here and pick Tampa Bay and we'll just move on. That's uh, I mean, <laughs> the thing, the thing is like, if, if the run is working, then Frank Reich just showed he's not afraid to run it. No, is this going to be a very good game? I just think Tampa. Uh, because the hard knocks is going uh, right now at in season for the Colts, which right. I haven't watched um, a lot of yet. Cause I don't know if I have HBO max, but um, I think I do. I think I'm, I should start watching it, but, um, also I just want to like, I wish it wasn't happening just cause I don't want the distraction for the team. Not that it's really been affecting them that much. 
Um, but a, a quote I heard from Frank Reich is basically like he he called a a, a a pass play on first down like once and it like didn't work and he was like I'm just calling runs on first and second down every single time and he did the next 18 first down and second downs he 17 times he ran it and it's <laughs> like if it's working it's working and if they can't stop it they can't stop it so. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be a good game. It's a, definitely one of the strength on strength matchups with the Colts rushing attack versus what the Buccaneers like to do on defense. I think Carson's going to be asked to have to throw the ball a little more, and usually when that happens, bad things could happen. I'm hoping good things will happen. Um, to Pittman. <laughs> to Pittman. That man has hands. Pittman, Pittman can catch any ball that's in his vicinity. It's crazy. Let's go to a really, really bad game, which I'm sure everybody's dying to see. Uh, the Jets head to Houston to play the Texans. <laughs> Jets head to Houston to play Texans. Um, well, uh, pick a team I guess, so I could pick the same team because I don't know. I guess the Texans. I don't know the Texans. That's kind of who I was leading with. Tennessee, but, I mean, so Zach Wilson's back. Houston's is coming off a decent that win. So, I don't know. Zach, Zach Wilson's back. Oh, the savior who is basically seeing ghosts like Sam Darnold was. Uh, I don't know the Texans. I guess I hate that, both. Teams right? Like I, I feel like I feel like you got to go with the Texans because they at least they won. Just won against the Tennessee Titans, and they're one of the best teams in the AFC. So I mean, you got to give them the credit there. I guess. Like as as quick as people were ready to trust the Titans, two of their three losses are to Houston and the Jets. Like, I know it doesn't make sense. It, it makes, doesn't. This make year, sense. this year makes no no sense no, whatsoever. Is these games are hard to pick? <laughs> All right, the Eagles at Giants. Yours truly will be in attendance for that game. The Eagles are feeling themselves. Have won three straight game or looking for the third straight win, I should say. And uh, it is Michael Strahan's retirement ceremony on Sunday. However, I do know for a fact based off the numbers and the Ticketmaster numbers that came out, that the majority of the tickets sold are in the state of Pennsylvania, which means there are going to be more Eagles fans, my guess is, than Giants fans at this point in the year. The Giants fans are ready to jump off the highest bridge they could find. Um, just fired <laughs> Jason Carrot. Freddie Kitchens is now the offensive coordinator. Daniel Jones looks like a lame duck quarterback that can't throw the football more than five yards. Um if you think for a second that I'm picking the Giants, you haven't been listening to Sports with the Z and a T for the past couple of months, and I'd like you to simply end the show now. Go Birds. Birds by a lot. I'm going to even throw a score out there. Uh, give me 38 to 10 Birds. <laughs> Sent. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I'm picking the Eagles in this one. I mean, the Giants look lowly. Like I, they just played Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is a good team, but um, the Tampa only Bay, hope, like almost like they were like fucking with them. Like, yeah, they I mean, did they took they Tom want. Brady out, and every, all the starters were out by the end of the game, and like they were just <laughs> running with the, the backups, and like yeah, and the Giants no. still couldn't do it. The Giants, the Giants are sad, <laughs> um, and Giants fans are probably sad. I'm sorry if you're one of them. Uh, I'm not. I know you're not. I'm going to wear a Nate Sudfeld jersey. Do you get that joke? I'm going to wear a Nate Sudfeld jersey. Because Giants fans were so bitter when Doug Peterson benched Jalen Hurts last year and thought they purposely tanked the game and put Nate Sudfeld in against Washington. And it didn't allow the Giants to make the playoffs. Giants fans, you suck. You're a poverty <laughs> franchise. You're literally the most losing franchise in the NFL. 
the past 10 years. Yeah, they've never been above 500 more than after week one. Not since the banana boat. They've never been above 500. Not since banana yeah. boat picture. Yeah. Um, so Trash. Yeah, I'm, I'm, picking, I'm picking the Eagles to win the game. <laughs> good, good. Good pick. I like that pick. Good job. Yeah, I mean, Barry. the Eagles. The Eagles look good right now. I, I yeah, what can are. I say? Like they're they're surging just like the Colts. We talked about this earlier. The Eagles, Eagles are looking the part, and the Giants are just not. Carolina at Miami. This is a tricky game. Like I kind of liked what I saw from Carolina. Like it didn't work out. Washington beat them, but Carolina's still technically in the playoff race. Cam has looked good. Um, obviously it was only one game, but he looked good against Miami. Who all of a sudden they're on a hot streak. Like. What happened to our top five picks? Stop winning Stop winning games, Miami. We have your first round pick. Frig off. Um, I'm going to go with Carolina, though. I, I, I think I think they're just a better football team at this point. With yeah, Cam. I mean, with Cam under center, let me be clear. The last, the last three games for the Dolphins, they beat the Texans, which, you know, we assume that the Texans are a bad, like the Texans are a bad team. Like the, the, the I don't know how they beat um, oh, neither do I. I'm not even going to act, sit here and act like I do. Nope. And I think, no I think a lot of it's probably that they're like, uh, like I said, uh, I think either last week or the week before is like, there's going to be a time where like the loss of Derrick Henry is going to hurt because there was time, there was games uh, early on in the season where they were literally, they could just hand it off to Derrick Henry and have him do all the work for them. Um, and so I think that that's just one of those games that it caught up to them. So Texans are bad. Dolphins beat them. Then they beat the Ravens, which, you know, that shocked a lot of people. That shocked me for sure. Um, and then they beat the Jets. I don't look too much into the Jets win. The Jets are terrible. They should beat the Jets. Everyone should beat the Jets, except for maybe Detroit. But I'm going to pick the Panthers because I do like what they're doing. Like, I, I think, like, Cam coming back, he really looks like he's comfortable again. Like, like they maybe he should never have left. <laughs> um yeah. I, I I truly believe that the way it's looking is that he he really shouldn't have left and he that's where he belongs and they're using him you know the way of old especially in fantasy like if you if he he's definitely already picked up by now because anyone who doesn't pick him up is a fool not to have him because he's such an asset on fa- in fantasy just because he gets a, he's had a rushing touchdown in the last two weeks that he played he didn't even start <laughs> two weeks ago uh, and he had a rushing touchdown so uh, I think that. The Panthers with Cam look at least better, better. on offense. I know the win, the loss to Washington is weird, but Washington is on kind of a hot streak right now, beating Buccaneers and then coming out and beating oh you. Oh God, you're so, buying beer pie. Oh my God, you're buying, <laughs> I'm not back, buying in. back in. I'm not. Oh I'm really God. not. I don't know who they're playing this week. We'll have to talk about it. But uh, I'm gonna pick the Panthers in this game over the Dolphins. Carolina <sighs> two point favorites on the road. Tennessee at New England now all of a sudden battle for the top seed in the AFC who had this on their bingo card between Tennessee and New England for the top seed in late November in the AFC Titans Pats um I'm going with the Pats they're playing some damn good football right now and uh I I mean I can't trust a team that clearly hasn't been the same since losing Derrick Henry I mean they've been getting by but as we've talked about multiple times on the show, Bill Belichick knows how to make mediocre quarterbacks get exposed. And guess what? Ryan Tannehill is not a good quarterback when he has to throw the football more than 15 times a game, which is you're starting to see. 
Um, the, whatever the Patriots are doing is working and it's working well. I'm going Pats. I'm going Pats on this one. Listen, the, what the thing that the Patriots are doing well is they're playing great defense. Mm-hmm. They're putting Mac Jones into situations where he can excel, where he doesn't have to throw it down the field always. He can take shots here and there when he has wide open pockets to do that. Um, but they're running a lot of plays that are either runs um, or kind of blitz counters where like you throw it quick, you get it out of their hands fast. It's the same type of offense he, that they played with Tom Brady. And I think that Mac Jones is being able to run it well enough to push them down the slowly but surely at, at taking care of the ball and the over um, uh, if he can avoid it. And so I think that that can work against any defense pretty much. So, you know, the, the Patriots defense is too good for the Titans who are turning into kind of a one dimensional team because I don't, you know, without Derrick Henry, they, they have a running game, but it's not anything prolific and if you're asking Brian Tannehill to throw the ball 30 times down the field, he's going to struggle at some point. He is not that elite. And so I, I, I right now the Patriots are playing probably one of the best football in the AFC. Um, oh yeah. They're, they're, won't. they're as hot as anyone. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I'd have a hard time picking against them, especially they're at home. Yeah, no, I think the Patriots are, once again, on the road to being the number one seed in the AFC at this point. Which is un- just completely unreal to think about right now. Uh, let's go to an AFC North division rivalry game. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Cincinnati got back on track. They play the Steelers uh, with Big Ben back. They had um, you know, a really tough loss to the Chargers last week. This is a tough game for me because the Steelers have looked better on offense lately. Their defense still is pretty good, even though what the Chargers did to them, I, I feel like is more of an outlier than than the norm for them. But I'm going to go Cincinnati. I, I still want to believe in Cincinnati. I still want to believe in what Cincinnati has on offense, which is elite opportunity with Burrow, Chase, Boyd, Higgins, Mixon in the backfield, Azoma at tight end. I love what the Bengals do on offense when it's clicking. Um, and I'm just not a firm believer in Pittsburgh overall as a football team. I'm going to go Bengals. Yeah, I think I'm leaning towards Bengals too in this game. Uh, I mean, you, you like what the Steelers were able to do against the Chargers. They made that a game. Their defense is still good, and their offense can have little, uh, you know, they windows moments. where they're, yeah. yeah, moments where they're really able to put up points. Um, you know, Deontay Johnson is, is, is one of those guys that, um, you know, Ben has a lot, Big Ben has a lot of, uh, chemistry with. And yes. so, you know, he can really stretch the field sometimes. Um, you still, you know, you don't trust Ben as that quarterback anymore. Um, I wish they used Najee Harris a bit more. I feel like, um, that's probably just a product of the offensive line or a lack thereof uh, for the Steelers. So I, I do tend to lean towards the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals have been good except for like the last couple of weeks where they've been kind of iffy. Um, I mean, they won against the the Raiders, but then they lost to the Browns. They got destroyed by the Browns and the Jets. And so it, that those 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 two games are sandwiched between a great win over the Raver, over the Ravens and a pretty good win over the Raiders who are in a spiral, but you know, take that as a, as it right. is. So the Bengals right. are really hard to judge as well. 
So I'm in. I'm I'm with you that I don't really like. Uh, I don't love the Bengals, but I'm going to pick them. Uh, this game's just damn near impossible to pick. Uh, Atlanta at Jacksonville. Atlanta looks about as much of a dumpster fire as they have all year. They should have Cordero Patterson back, but still no Calvin Ridley. Um, Jacksonville is really, really bad. Like, really, really, really bad. Um, oh, God. I'm going to go Atlanta on the on the fact that Cordero Patterson's back. That's that's really all I got. They're still technically uh, in the playoff race. They're not, but they are mathematically. Jaguars are abysmal. Lawrence looks lost as a NFL player. Urban Meyer looks lost as a head coach. Um, give me the Falcons, but it, again, wouldn't shock me if the Jaguars win this game. Yeah, it, it is definitely a tough game to pick. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> The yeah, just trounced the Jaguars and the the Colts barely beat them somehow, um, and then they beat the Bills three weeks ago. So it's, eh, I mean, I I can't pick the Jaguars. I, I no, you can't. Right? Like that, that just yeah. feels wrong. Like I picked the Jaguars, I, you idiot. <laughs> like like yeah, no, I, I I can't pick the Jaguars. The only team like the the Bills game. Although I here I am picking well. the Lions this this week, so I know. That. But like I don't. They're, they're two wins. Who are their their two wins? Their two wins are Buffalo the Dolphins and the Dolphins and Buffalo. Yeah. And so, yeah. like the Buffalo game, I don't know what to do with. I I tend to throw that one out because I really yeah. just don't well, know how maybe. that happened. Maybe, but I mean, based on what Buffalo Jag- showed us last week, the Jaguars' defense is decent, and yeah, I no, think that it will. I think it will give uh, a lot of fits to the Falcons because the Falcons' offense can really struggle when uh, they're up against a good defense. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just showed that with their their game against the 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 Patriots, they got offered. They, they couldn't do anything against the, the, the Patriots defense. Now, do I think the Jaguars defense is the Patriots defense? Absolutely not. But I think it will do it enough to 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 frighten the Falcons and, and really make it hard for them. But on the flip side, can the Jaguars do anything on offense? And I tend to think no, because they're just that bad. And so it, it, I would not be surprised that the Falcons couldn't do anything and it became down to a six to nine like Bills victory. Like or like you know the Jaguars over the Bills that kind of six to nine like so both te- teams so bad on offense that they can't really do anything and no one scores any and the game is six to three like that wouldn't surprise me one bit but I'm gonna go Falcons. Let's go to the four o'clock slate. The Chargers face the Broncos. Um, the Broncos like we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks. They're just not that good of a football team at this point, uh, especially offensively. Teddy Bridgewater really holds them back. Um, the Chargers, after finding a midseason slump, are starting to come back into form a little bit of one, two of their last three games. I believe the Chargers are going to continue riding high, especially offensively, and they're going to win this game. Yeah, I think they will too. I, I think they ride on their def- or their offense um, when their offense is able to put up 30 to 40 points. Their defense really has struggled at times. I mean, they couldn't really which stop surprises me, which really yeah, surprises, surprises me. me. Surprises me too. But when their offense is clicking, they can overcome the, 
the woes of the defense. I mean, give, letting the Steelers put up 37 and keep with you the whole game. That, yeah, the Steelers' offense, offense hadn't put up more than 30 points all year. So. Exactly, that's what I mean. And then, like, give, letting the Vikings the week before, and we all know that the Vikings are a weird team, but um, letting them do what they want. And and then you look back three weeks ago at their the win against the Eagles, and that win yeah. looks pretty good right about now just because yeah. the Eagles are, are what they are. They're surging right now heavily so um yeah no I, I i'm gonna pick the chargers um because i don't believe in the broncos very much and i think the Chargers do enough especially in offense and let's be honest if we come down to the quarterbacks because that's what a lot of this comes down to most games most uh instances in the nfl you can look at the most important position in all of sports and that's the quarterback and when i look at it mm-hmm. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's a top five quarterback, no less than that. I will not take anything less than a top five quarterback. You could probably put him higher and I'd be okay with it, but he makes throws that are ridiculous. Uh, I've seen the tape on it because I, you know, I follow a lot of people on social media who kind of, yeah, no, like I've watched a lot. No, I'm I'm not just, I'm not disagreeing with you. He makes ridiculous throws though. He makes ridiculous throws. He makes throws. Oh no, I, I, I'm a big fan of Herbert. Big fan it. of Herbert. But and I, but I'm just thinking Rodgers, Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes, Lamar. That's four already. You got to put Herbert right there. That's what that's what I'm thinking right now. I mean, Kyler's up there too, but I put Kyler. Uh, I, I like Herbert Josh more Allen. than Kyler. Jo- See, yeah, I Josh think- Allen. So that's five right there. But I'd put Ky- well, I'd put Herbert over Kyler. I'd put Herbert over Josh you still Allen. Have to, you still have to talk about Dak. You still have to talk about Russell Wilson. Because, like, what is what does God. what does Allen do that's better than Herbert? I think he has a better deep ball. I think he is more mobile. Uh, I mean, Herbert's pretty freaking fast. He's pretty mobile, and his well, deep ball. I don't is, know but... about that. I don't know about that. Like. Herbert's deep ball is is on point. Like he puts Josh Allen is one of the strongest arms in the entire league. Oh yeah, sure he can throw it far. So can Mahomes, but accuracy while also throwing downfield, I think Herbert beats him in that. It's definitely a cover. Look, I'm not I'm not disagreeing. I like Herbert a lot, but I'm just thinking right now as a top five quarterback. I don't know if I could do that yet. Chargers over the. I mean, the guy that I was watching the video on who broke it down for me, he had him top three. I'm not ready to go that high, uh, but definitely top five. As long as Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes are in this league, don't even start um, with that conversation. Lamar Jackson well, as well. You know, Tom Brady, you know, he, he's the guy you, who would be who would be booted out, but just because he's getting older, but he doesn't seem to be losing much. No. And he's not as mobile at all. So, like, the, the, you know, Herbert got him on that one. This is probably the game of the week, Taylor, and that would be the Rams heading to Lambeau to play the Packers. The Rams have been kind of stumbling lately, so they need to they need to kind of right the ship here and, and keep pace with the Cardinals and what they're doing on top of the division. Uh, they they travel to Lambeau. The Packers kind of licking their wounds as well, losing a bad game to the Vikings. Really shouldn't have lost. They put themselves behind the eight ball from the start in that game. Rodgers obviously battling with the turf toe that he says is going to bother him for the rest of the year, which is a little troublesome. But these are our two uh, NFC representatives, respectively, for the Super Bowl this year. You have the Rams. I have the Packers. Both teams coming off disappointing losses, but both teams still two of the top best teams in the NFC. This is going to be a hell of a game. 
Yes, I, I do think this is a hell of a game. It's a hard game to pick, I think. I'm not totally worried about, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers and his turf toe. I'm sure he'll play. No, he threw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. I, it was more the defense yeah, exactly. that shit themselves. Yeah, and, and I mean, that does kind of worry me. Like, But I've been saying a lot, like, I don't know what the Vikings are, and I don't know how to evaluate the losses that they have. Right. Um, or the win- the wins that they get over these teams because they they're just so inconsistent half the time. Um, and Kirk Cousins, I mean, he looked good that night, but you know, at any point he could look bad. Coming off of a bye week, though, uh, the Rams are, which is going to help them a lot. It's going to be great for Odell Beckham to get him, you know, into the swing of things, um, get him acclimated to this team, and so. I'm going to go and say the Rams. I'm going to say that they they use Odell Beckham. They get him integrated into the offense a lot more than the last week where he was lit- or the last time they played, which was literally like, you know, two days he was signed and he was thrown into the game. Um, but I think it'll be close, and I definitely don't feel great about it. I can't abandon my representative for the NFC which would be the Packers, plus this game's in Lambeau. I'm going to go with the Packers. Um, Let's go to the final 4 o'clock game of this week's slate, which is Minnesota at San Francisco. Two teams battling for the final playoff spot. Um, Two teams that it's really hard to get a read on too, right? Like one week they look really, really good. The next week they look really, really bad. Um, This is a a really coin flip type game. Uh, you look at what Minnesota has been doing offensively. It's been impressive over the past couple of weeks. They've been throwing the football a lot more and, and it's helped uh, as San Francisco had obviously the impressive win against LA before, you know, walking blindfolded in the park and easily beating Jacksonville. Um, this is a tough game for me, man. The Vikings don't travel well. I'm going with San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, I, I do like what the 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 Minnesota has been able to do lately. You know, getting Justin Jefferson really heavily involved. Yeah, um, he was essential in that in that win uh, last week, and so it's it, it is a tough game. I mean, the 49ers are just like the Vikings in that I don't know who they really are because they do have like the games where they lose to the Colts or lose to whoever, and then they come out and they beat you know, the Rams or they beat, I mean, they beat Jackson, which is they're supposed to do. Um, they looked so, simply put, they looked really impressive beating LA two weeks ago. They did. Yes. It, you're, you're very right. And um, the two five and five teams are, they, they really are five and five. Like they feel yep. five and yep. five. Like yep. that's just the perfect, like 50, 50 coin flip every time. Cause you don't know what team is going to show up. And I'm I'm leaning towards the Niners too. Like you're right that you know on the road, um, Niners haven't looked good enough at home. And I, I I'm gonna go Niners. Yeah, I, I feel like it it has that vibe of uh, Kirk Cousins disaster game. I don't know why, but it just has that vibe. Like the Vikings can't go playing well for too long. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it definitely has that feel of could be coming to an end real quick for them. Uh, the Sunday night game is Cleveland at Baltimore. I still believe, you know, they're going to have Hollywood Brown back. And of course, Lamar Jackson back. I still believe that the Ravens, in my opinion, 
are one of the top two teams in the AFC when it comes down to it. I just really like what they've been doing this year. I know they've had some bad losses, but I refuse to allow somebody to convince me that they aren't one of the two best teams out there right now. I'm going to go Ravens, especially at home. Yeah, I'm going to go Ravens as well. It's becoming a reckoning on Baker Mayfield. I know that a lot of uh, has been said about him, you know, with, with everything that's happened with, you know, the Odell's whole Odell situation going on. And then he comes back and he lays an egg against uh, the Patriots, which I called, I, I said, you know, that Baker's going to struggle and, and, you know, uh, the Lilichek's good at making Baker or like bad quarterbacks or not above average quarterback struggle. And that's what they mm-hmm. did. And so what the, the Browns do is they rely on their run game a lot and only beating the Lions 13 to 10. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, not that's not good. good. No. That's not very good. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just don't trust Baker ever. I, I don't think he's a very good quarterback. He threw two interceptions against the Lions and could barely do it. And that's with Chubb running for 130 yards. They still only mm-hmm. barely beat them. And so all that being said, I do think that the Ravens are the better team here. I do think the Ravens are going to be the better team at the end of the year. I don't know if I put them top two in the AFC, but honestly, I don't know who I would put top two in the AFC. I think at this point, I put the right now I'm... up there. I'm right now I'm Ravens Chiefs. The Chiefs are proving to me that they're back. I think that I put the Patriots over the Ravens. I'm not even sold on the Chiefs either because, I mean, let's be honest, the Chiefs barely got it done against a banged-up uh, Cowboys team, which was missing two of its top starters, and they only beat them by, you know, a touchdown and a half. So I I don't know if I'm ready to they say this. They still there. won. Yeah, they still won, I guess. Yeah, you could say that. But if, you know, if the Cowboys had had even one or two of those pieces back, I, I really do think that it could easily have gone the other way. I, I don't think that the Chiefs have looked as explosive as they could have been. If they put up like 20, 30, 40 points against the Cowboys, then yeah, I, I'd be ready to call them back. But they didn't. They barely managed 19. So, um. But that's not a here, no, no, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the Ravens versus the Browns. I think the Ravens are one of the best teams in the AFC. Don't know if they're top two, but I am going to pick them against the Browns. Final game, and you were wondering who Washington was playing. They are hosting Seattle on Monday night football. Uh, Seattle has looked like a dumpster fire lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big believer in Washington, though. Eventually, Russell Wilson is going to steal a game. It's just going to happen. Um, You still have the weapons on the outside, even though that offense has looked broken. It can't be broken for long, I guess, especially against a really, really bad Washington defense. I'm going Seattle. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't pick Washington. I'm going, I'm going Seattle to get it right. Yeah. I think I'm going to fall into the trap and I'm going to pick Washington. They're so hot right now. I mean, Oh yeah, they're hot, baby. <laughs> Hey, I mean, two good wins against you know the defending champ Buccaneers, and then they took care of uh, uh, took Carolina. care of business against against Carolina with Cam Newton. Their offense looks immensely better. Um, you cannot deny that their offense looks better with Cam Newton than it ever did with Sam Darnold. Um, maybe in the beginning of the year you could say that because they did look decent in the beginning of the year, but the Seahawks just are struggling right now. They're not a good football team, and I just nope. think that the Washington not a great football team but playing hot enough that they'll be able to stop the Seahawks. 
All right, so that concludes this week's predictions preview of week 12. Another great game of uh, another slate of great games, I should say. And before we head to our fantasy advice and head on out of here, I do want to remind you guys about our other sponsor, and that would be Saving Face Barbershop up in Saratoga Springs. They are off exit 13N of the Northway. Definitely give them a checkout. Uh, you could go online to book your appointments or give them a call. Jeremiah and his crew of barbers have a great atmosphere there. They, they really do. They talk to you. They, they great conversation. They have sports on the television, just a really down to earth vibe there. And you have multiple of options. You could get a 30 minute cut. You can get a close face shave. You could get at home services as well. They have senior uh, youth and veteran discounts as well. So make sure you go online. You can see everything that's available with which barber and you can pick the time that works best for you to head on in there and definitely mention that you heard about them from the guys at sports with a Z and a T let's go to the fantasy studs and duds of week 12 Taylor and starting to get crunch time. Like the, the, these are the weeks now that you need to solidify yourself to the playoffs because it's only like two, three weeks away our playoffs, believe it or not, mm -hmm. which is art, which is hard and crazy to believe. But here we are fantasy stud of the week, Taylor, and don't say Jonathan Taylor. That's a cheat. That's a cheat. No shit, Jonathan Taylor. Give me another stud. Hey, I wasn't going to go say Jonathan Taylor again. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, well, especially because they're playing the Buccaneers, so I really don't know how it's going to go. I'm hopeful that the Colts will still be able to run fine, even though the Buccaneers' uh, rush defense is pretty good. Um, so my stud, actually, you're going to like my stud. You're going to like my stud. My stud for this week is Miles Sanders. Oh, think, you took my stud. I think oh! that the yeah, Eagles, I'm all for the, Eagles yeah. the Eagles have shown that they are committed to the run. There's no doubt about that. And Miles Sanders looked good in his return sure from did. his injury. And now, um, <laughs> go away. <laughs> um, and now that, uh, uh, sorry for that interruption, but, um, <laughs> People walking in, not knowing I'm recording the podcast. Um, but come on now, <laughs> uh, the Eagles, I think, are going to do uh, the same thing they've been doing. And Miles Sanders now coming off of that injury, he looked good, and now they think they trust him to do it, and they're going to lean on him even more. I expect them to maybe fade Boston Scott maybe a little bit and give more of those carries mm. to Miles Sanders. And I think he's definitely going to hit Pater at least once. This is Giants. Well, so they're they're going to well, run all over. Miles Sanders had 36 snaps. And uh, he had 16 touches and 94 yards. Keep in mind, that was the first week back. And he still led the team in snaps and touches. Yeah, I mean. um, Jordan Howard might not make it this week because of the knee injury he suffered. He's not out for a long-term period of time, but he might be out this week, especially against the Giants team now that they have Sanders back. They're not going to rush him back. You do have Boston Scott. Um, the Giants give up a lot of production on the ground, and they've allowed a top 20 running back in eight of 10 games this year. And for an Eagles team that's rushed for over 175 yards in four straight games, including 224 last week, yeah, I'm all with you on that. Um, yep. But because 
because you took my guy, I had to scramble, and I'm going to go with Cordero Patterson. He is going to be back as well. He missed last Thursday's game against the Patriots, and that was probably for the best. If you didn't watch the game, we definitely talked about it quickly. Um, it was not good for Atlanta. Um, CPAT, when he's in the lineup, has scored at least 14 points in seven of his last eight games. He's had at least five targets, five carries in seven games this year. Um, no matter what the matchup is, he's got to start because he's really all Atlanta has. So even just volume base, he's going to get the points. It's a Jacksonville team. That's really, really bad. Start Cordero Patterson because he's, he can either be a wide receiver for you or a running back. And he has been unbelievable this year and he will be back this week. Um, at least in Yahoo. I'm not sure about ESPN, but Yahoo. Yes. Cause in our Godzilla league, I have them and I just, I put them wherever yep. it's great. I love it. It's fun. Um, let's go to dud of the week though, Taylor. And obviously we could go multiple ways with this, but who are we avoiding this week? Uh, in my view, I'm avoiding now. I hope you guys are listening to this. Um, or wait, no, no, this is no, never mind. doesn't matter when you listen to this. If you listen to it before Sunday, you'll be fine. I thought that they were the 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 Thanksgiving game, but no. Uh, I'm going with you should avoid anyone on the uh, no. They, it is it is the it's late the late game on Thanksgiving. So I hope you listen to this before the late game on Thanksgiving. I don't like any Saints players against Buffalo. I think Buffalo, you know, they are one of the best defenses in the NFL, despite what the Colts did to them. And so I really think that. Um, with Kamara out, it's going to be a struggle for the Saints to put up any points against this this Bills defense, which I assume is going to be angry uh, about, you know, looking embarrassed on last Sunday and getting burned for five touchdowns on the ground by one guy who put up 185 rushing yards. So I, I really think that the Saints are going to struggle um, all around. Uh, Taysom Hill, I don't, you know, I don't believe in him as, as a real quarterback. Um, that's why he's never been the guy for them. Um, so it's intriguing fantasy wise though. Wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, you could probably put in Taysom Hill as a quarterback just because, you know, I, I know we don't talk about quarterbacks in the fantasy studs it does, but he's got value just because of the fact that, you know, he's going to run at least a couple times and right. maybe try to get a, a, a rushing touchdown. If they get close enough, I don't know if they're going to get close enough just because I think mm -mm. it's going to be a long haul for them. And I, I really do think that they're not going to put up a ton of points. Um, I so overall I, I agree with you, but I think Mark Ingram's going to get enough volume that he might like, even against the Eagles, he put up 10 points. He didn't get into the end zone, but he was involved enough that he did get you double dip. So if you are I'm desperate, more, you... I'm more looking at the, the pass catchers. I, th I think, the Oh yeah, no, they're useless. Really they're useless. Yeah, with, with Taysom Hill and the fact that they're going to have the bills, Javius white and all that just yeah. compounds for, I, I would say just, just stay away from the saints wide receivers. So I'm going to go with Odell Beckham jr. Look, I, I know everybody is ready to throw him into their lineups you know, with Matthew Stafford a, a week off, more integrated into the playbook. Um, and hey, if Stafford's committed to throwing hero balls to OBJ, maybe one, you know, maybe one was will last convert. Time he tried. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> but even then, I mean, we saw that wasn't a great thing against the Niners. And uh, I, 
the Packers have allowed the seventh fewest points to receivers this year, a number that is now off because of what Justin Jefferson did to him last week. So it might be, you know, I think that's more of an outlier because this Packers defense has been really good. I expect this game to be lower scoring. It's in Lambeau. It's going to be cold. They're going to want to run the ball with Daryl Henderson. Um, and, you know, as long as Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby are still around, OBJ is probably option three in that off passing game. And Stafford has been abysmal for quite some time now. I'm I'm fading it until I see it with OBJ out in LA. I think that's a fair take to fade until you see it. Um, yeah, but like at any point, it could it could he could. Oh, absolute, absolutely, absolutely. That, and, the like, and then ride it, and then ride it. If you but put it I, into uh, the you know like Robert Woods' territory, like Robert Woods was doing okay. He obviously Cooper Cup is the favorite wide receiver there. Like, right. there's no doubt about that. Um, but. At some point, I do think that OBJ is going to have. I don't know if he'll put together a successful stretch of games, but I would think there's going to be a game at least where he is going to be able to to put it together. I I don't. You're right. I don't know if it's against the Packers this week, um, but down the stretch in the playoffs, I think he's a guy you can throw in, especially if you're desperate um, and you have him. Just because, and if you have Robert Woods, you might as well start him if that was the guy you were going with every week and you picked up OBJ. Um, after Woods got hurt, which I know at least one person who did, because Eric was able to do that, which for some reason someone dropped OBJ in that interim time where he wasn't playing and didn't just stash him on their bench. And so he well, that was up dumb. Right. Yeah, I know. Right after Robert Woods, uh, the announcement came down, He we looked on the waiver, and it just happened to be that he was right there, and it was like, oh, well, let's pick him up. Um, and so I do think that, uh, at some point he may get up. Cause I mean, he was, he was, he was open a lot in Buffalo. It was just a matter of Baker either couldn't or wouldn't, or wasn't able to get the ball to him. Um, but he was definitely running routes enough to, to make plays and get, <laughs> he's, he's throwing Otis at me being cute and it's hard to focus. Um, but uh, I, I do think that, it's it's a fair enough assumption to or a fair enough take to say that you probably should wait on it. Yeah, because for OBJ, I feel like there's no in between. It's either going to be like well, and that's just it, or it's going to be like twenty. It's one thing like in Cleveland, it was pro- he was at minimum option two. He's probably in an offense that wants to run the ball with Daryl Henderson. He's not even a top two option in the pass game, and I feel like they're going to try to simplify simplify things when Stafford's been playing so horribly the past couple of weeks. It's going to be cold. It's going to be miserable. They're going to want to feed it to Daryl Henderson. Oh, and by the way, I didn't even pick up on this, but did you see in Godzilla Media League that Sony Michelle got dropped and somebody else added him? Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. No, I didn't. What a, what really a trick. Like, it's, 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 it's almost like, uh, you know, he, he is a backup running back that should not have been traded for tight end too. Just yeah well crazy I mean, it's not like it's not like uh, waller hasn't been amazing he hasn't it, been I mean, amazing but he's not a backup it, running back no but it, it looked it looked kind of pretty dire the first time just because like that first week um it was that first oh week God. was uh what 19 uh 19 targets, targets yeah like which was just ridiculous and it just looked so lopsided at that point um, but he's come down to earth. He hasn't been a world beater out there. I mean, Lamax team is just out of the playoffs. I think I, I just overtook him. So he's, oh, really? he's 10th, 
Yeah, he's 10. You're welcome because I beat him. Um, yeah, I'm, he's. Oh, I beat him the week before. So it was two weeks in a row where he he played us. Oh, so I guess we got our revenge. Like yeah, he played me our, and then he played you and we both we won. Got our, yeah. Um, so I'm in ninth right now, barely out of just out of the playoffs. You're looking at two. You're in second. I'm a, I, I got the two seed and we're getting healthy. Got CPAT mm-hmm. back. To, last week, I was the walking dead. I didn't have Aaron Jones. I didn't have Cordero Patterson. I didn't have Allen Robinson. I, I didn't have Clyde Edwards. Somebody dropped Miles Sanders and I'm so happy I picked him up. Um, cause now yeah, I have I, one hell of a team. I'm about to make I a wish run. I grabbed, I grabbed him. The thing is like, I, ha- I didn't have Christian McCaffrey obviously for most of the year. And then Christian McCaffrey comes back and Kyler Murray's out for yep. four weeks going on four weeks. Well, and I have fantasy quarterback me. one. I mean, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray would be up there if he wasn't not playing for the past four weeks. Like he was on his way to being up there. You know, like he is good for, you know, at least one touchdown and maybe a rushing touchdown. In the first three games, he had a rushing touchdown each and every game. Um, he doesn't run it quite as much as Jalen Hurts, although I do have Jalen Hurts in a lot of leagues. So I'm OK with it because he's literally carrying me to certain victories in other leagues um, like this. other My other league, the the paid league that I care the most about because it's it was a hundred dollars mm. buy in. Um, Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray. But now I've substitute Kyler Murray for Cam Newton. So I've gotten like the same value of like rushing touchdown uh, quarterback who can run it in. And Jalen Hurts has just been amazing for that. Yeah, he's been he's been phenomenal. He's cor- currently fantasy QB one. And most people got him in like the seventh or eighth round, which is which is really, really good value. And, and that is why you don't take Patrick Mahomes or God knows who else Deshaun Watson when he was around. I had Jalen in, Hurts in two leagues because he's just that both my paid leagues. I had Jalen Hurts because yeah. he's value. such a value where he was. Value. Yeah. Yeah. Such a value. Yeah, because he's not he's not gonna go uh in that round you, rushing touchdowns will score more points than the quarterbacks who just throw it, usually. Like, well, you look at Mac Jones, like he's having a hell of a year, but fantasy wise, he like his ceiling's like eighteen points. I'm starting him in and Godzilla immediately because his college hurt. Yeah, wait, so what was this What was this text from Gaz the other night? Like, I had no idea what that was about. Was it, like, fantasy-related? Oh, the yesterday, you mean? Yeah. yeah I was so confused. Because I, I texted out because uh, the um, ESPN Fantasy uh, just implemented, like, the dark mode. Like, so you, you're, like it is dark on your screen. Oh yeah. I noticed that. Yes. yes. And just like, I have like everything on that because it just, it's better on the eyes. Me too. uh, I think so. Like my texts and my Twitter and everything that can be is dark mode. Yeah. A lot of people are like that. Some people don't like it, but, um, and fantasy, uh, ESPN fantasy just implemented that. And guys talked about it in, uh, that episode of, uh, but he thought I was talking about like, incognito mode where like you set your lineup and your your opponent can't see your lineup until the day of and he, he misinterpreted my tweet and he thought that that's what i was talking about and that's that's what that was what goes through that man's head sometimes but his, his, like chat and then we're like what like <laughs> like <laughs> oh gazi bear that that's phenomenal um but, Okay, I, I didn't know if it was like something you were like complaining. Like from what it sounded like, like somebody like it was like you added a court. I thought it was like you added a quarterback in spite of somebody or something like that. I don't know. No, no, I no. I was just saying like uh, no, I, I like I was just happy about you know easy on the eyes, dark mode. Not that it, like 
because I, I, if it was incognito mode where you couldn't see the opponent, it doesn't really affect me too much is what I was saying, because like, I don't, I don't look at my opponent. Usually I just like focus on my own team. Like my own, I'm trying to put the best lineup out there regardless of anything else. So I don't oh. like try to, you know, pick up like the backup to their quarterback who might not play just to, to fuck with someone out of spite. But well, Otis's army is second place in Godzilla media league. We I'm are going to take it my way to the playoffs, man. <clears throat> I would love it if You're- Tyler came back, but I don't even know if he's playing this week. I don't think he is. So. Not likely if they keep survive. No, the Cardinals are on a bye, so no, he is not playing. Oh yeah, this no, week. they're they're a bye week. I, yeah, <laughs> right. I forgot. No, he's probably bad. back after the bye. Would be my guess. Um, God, I hope so. That'll do it, Taylor. That that'll do it for a jam-packed Thanksgiving Day episode of Sports with a Z and a T. You got any big plans for uh, Turkey Day? Uh, no, I'm just going to my grandmother's and then probably going to Eric's parents' house and nothing Very too nice. special. Yeah, no. special. Uh, we got, you know, we got both households to go to, but, uh, I will be finding a way to watch the football games. Cause that is, <laughs> if you asked me what I could do on Thanksgiving, sit at home in my pajamas with a beer in my hand and watching all three football games that is. To me, is Thanksgiving. I like. I don't know. Like some, turkey's overrated to me. I don't know. Like, give me. A, I, I I think overrated. turkey's overrated. I think turkey's overrated. I mean, that I don't is like, that is I not a hot take either. That is not a hot take. I love turkey and, and uh, like and, and I don't it's like. It's dry. Go. It's yeah. Dry. It can be. It, it certainly can be. That's where you gotta put the gravy on it. That's why you put the gravy on it. Yeah, but I don't like gravy. So like. Oh hey. well, then that's a you problem. <laughs> Give me a fat, juicy steak and call it a day. It's turkey day. It's not steak day. I'm going I'm to reinvent Thanksgiving. I'm going to theme it steak day. You can have whatever you want on Thanksgiving. If no, Thanksgiving. No, I, I I, like the darker meat. I like the drumstick and, um, you know, that I cranberry sauce. I like cranberry sauce. Pumpkin pie is up there. Um yeah, the typical. I'm basic. Whatever. It is what it is. Um, have a very happy Thanksgiving. Uh, here, I'll show Thug Otis here for the camera. He's got a sweatshirt on. He's thugging it up today. He's, he's adorable. If anyone is just listening, it's, <laughs> it's worth it to go on YouTube. Go to the, the one minute and 41 second mark. <laughs> And uh, now watch the entire show. Yeah, well, I mean, if you just want to watch it, that's through. fine, but like, go go and see Otis. Oh, uh, well, yeah, if you want to just see Otis, you should definitely listen to the show. I'm, I'm not saying I would hope, well, yeah, that, I would hope you so. don't have to watch the whole thing if you don't want to see our faces for the whole time. I, understand. I don't, I, yeah, I, I, don't I understand, understand as well. I understand. Well, yeah, I understand, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Uh, but no, everybody have a safe and happy Thanksgiving out there. Enjoy all the food. Enjoy the football. And uh, next week, we will be right back here uh, with the final college football playoff rankings going into championship week. And then, obviously, more NFL as it comes around. Maybe we'll have some time for I doubt it next week. But as college football playoff loosens up a little bit, um, We'll get some NBA in here and obviously the baseball offseason as well. But for Taylor, I am Bryce. This was Sports with the Z and a T presented by Godzilla Media, sponsored by Mohawk Honda, Johnson Supply in Troy. 
and Saving Face Barbershop in Saratoga Springs. I hope I could press the end on this broadcast because Otis has fallen asleep on my arm and I cannot <laughs> move it. Um, <laughs> Everybody be safe out there. We will catch you next week. See ya.